0: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the mainstand. Episode 25. 26, if you've been paying attention and with us since the, the rip. But we are back again. Myself, Mitchell, with Pat and Josh. It was a crazy week. The transfer window is closed for the winter. Uh, Josh froze his nuts off at the Allianz the men's national team we've got a ton of stuff to talk about on today's episode guys yeah so let's get one. right into it we'll we'll start with the Concacaf world cup qualifying do we yes, want to we dive,
1: dive into the kind of the the first few results because i mean u.s had two qualifiers before the one last yep. night so el salvador and canada what'd you guys take away from those ones we should have won el salvador we did that's good good three points we'd We won our game. Sick. Um, I didn't expect to beat Canada. Uh, My take on the Canada game was pretty simple. Uh, Canada had a game plan, and Canada stuck to their game plan. Uh, We did not have a game plan, thus could not break down Canada. Uh, I think that that game really just – the Canada game in particular, I think really just kind of showed that – greg isn't the most tactically sound guy uh, and his
0: co- his comments after the game made him made it seem like he wasn't even in tune with the side or watching the game
1: <laughs> those are delusional think, I don't man think, i don't think that what he said was that i mean the physicality side he was just a fucking liar but i i think we played well which is like crazy to say but like we looked dangerous going forward we looked comfortable in possession it's just like and it's the same, even though we beat um, fucking uh, Honduras 3-0, it wasn't like, it was the same thing as that game where we don't just look dangerous in the final third. And I think that's been our biggest problem in these qualifiers is these teams, we, we fail to break down some of these teams that are just a little bit more compact and are going to give us the ball um, in the final third. And a lot of the time we struggle uh, just, you know, to, to break down those types of teams. Um, Honduras we were we were lucky enough to um just like the set piece goals which is like crazy because that was the only two set pieces we've scored on in the entire entire thing uh the whole the whole qualifier only two set piece goals were the Zimmer, Zimmerman goal and um the McKinney first, McKinney's the first goal yeah goal. yeah the McKinney goal I'm it's been a day uh, yeah I, I mean I just think that's like at the end of the day, like that's what the issue is, is we just don't break down these teams that like are going to sit in and they're going to give us the ball. Um, and, and even then Canada's really, really good on the break and we're not a very good team at defending counterattacks either. Uh, I think that when we go, to, I think we'll qualify for the world cup, by the way, I think I was wrong. Yeah. I think I was yeah, I was a little wild saying that we were going to get fourth and then fail to qualify. Uh, we'll make it, to the, we'll make the world cup this year. Uh, however, I do think that our lack of quality, um, on the defensive side of things, especially in transition is really to come back and bite us in the ass. when we play these teams that aren't Honduras, they're going to be attacking our wings and attacking like down the flanks. Uh, I, I just I think we're good. I think we're good enough to get out of the CONCACAF. I don't know if we're good enough to get out of a world cup group with any decent teams. What were your thoughts on Zarda starting against Canada, Pat? Fucking hate it, dude. I don't, I want no part of the men's national team anytime that he is in the starting 11 or even on the bench. I just don't think that he is, the quality that this team needs uh no, you, i think peppy's that guy you've i mean you've even heard me say my my two cents on josh Sargent, but i would rather see josh Sargent start instead of jossie's artists uh, i just i've had it with him, man he doesn't look dangerous he doesn't make runs in behind he just looks for balls kind of it up yeah doesn't turn in the space or like open up anything for our wingers he's not like playing dangerous balls in behind after the wingers run off him he's just a waste of space He's trying
0: to play like this false nine on the edge of the 18 and then he just stands there trying to use his physicality to like hold the ball and then he'll pass it away. Yeah.
1: Um We're I think playing a man down with him in the, in the starting right. I
0: I think I think it is important to note the how how lackluster we are defending the counterattack. Our our wing backs especially the last three games like I don't think Dest was his full self. Um, I think we could have seen a lot more out of him but like Weston McKinney made up for, for every lack of defending and creativity and uh, lack of offense. He, um, he was by far the best player on the pitch all three games.
1: Yeah. I think Weston McKinney is currently the best player on the U S men's national team. Uh- I like Pulisic a lot, but I think Weston McKinney is playing out of his fucking mind right now. Uh, He's been good for Juve all year, and I think after the little COVID thing, he got his fucking head straight and he has been balling out.
0: And I, I think that's the only reaction that we should be allowed to have. Like, we chastised him. We had that conversation like, you're one of the top three players on our squad at that point when this all went down, and you're making decisions like that. It's just poor judgment do better. And he is made up for that. I think yeah. he's paid his reparations. He's, yep. he's focused and he is trying to do everything he can to pilot this
1: U.S. team to the world cup. He looked great. He looked so good. Uh, yeah. all, every game, um, even against Canada when I didn't think anybody looked very good. I thought he looked really good. If you guys haven't yet go listen to his interview, uh, with Roger Bennett, it's probably on YouTube. Uh, and roger kind of like quizzes him on the whole like getting um the suspension because covid with the team and everything and he was like listening to weston like talk about it uh kind of started to change my mind and last night like i fully came around on weston McKenney because when you're watching a game live you guys know like just going to revs games and stuff like you can tell when there's like a player that's just like levels above everyone else and like, watching that game live last night, you could tell, like, how quickly he was getting rid of the ball. He, he was just turning, coming back and defending, creating. He literally, he just looked like a, you know, a world-class talent last night. And that's not the Weston McKinney I've seen prior, but I think that's the whole point of being critical of players like we do on the podcast. And every soccer podcast, it's about being real with players, telling them when they fuck up, especially as fans you know especially the minnesota fans fucking sitting out there in negative 10 degree weather you have the right to do that and then you know when you do turn it around you're going to get the praise from us as well and i think weston deserved all the praise he got last night i do too 100 percent. i think he's my best player yeah yeah for sure um josh
0: speaking of the temperatures last night when i woke up to twitter this morning the amount of people that Gave up on soccer as a whole on Twitter is unbelievable to me. I get that negative 10 with a wind chill is cold, but you had how many people there last night? 35,000, 30,000, 19K. 19K, yeah, it's 20K? a pretty small stadium. It looked a lot bigger in the pictures, if I'm being
1: honest. Um, well, the first time you've heard that, I bet. <laughs> the the blue check marks were out on Twitter. Listen, I know what Mitch is already going to say. I, I've i been, if you guys have fucking saw my Twitter, I apologize. I've been in the comments, like, the past week. The leading up to this, man, like, people were, like, just sharing wind chill advisories and, like, just completely inaccurate information. The windchill advisories were for like forecasted at like 3 a.m. last night, not at game time. People were freaking out that putting players in this condition, and it was just the biggest crock of shit. When our team goes to to Mexico and all of those Central American countries and has to have to deal with like hot weather and humidity and shit.
0: Dead middle of the summer, 90 degrees, 100% humidity dew point is much higher, yeah. you're closer to the equator, there's elevation differences. Like, when you look at this objectively, there is zero difference between putting players in sweltering heat and frigid cold. Exactly. I'm going
1: to be the to disagree here. Uh, heat stroke versus hypothermia? I get what you're saying. Let's just start with that. I get it. Um, however... Here's my two cents. Those nations in particular that you're naming, the sweltering heat nations, when we go and play there, there is no other option when we go there. There is other options in the U.S. While I understand that, it's just like to say, to use that specifically the oh we have to go play in 90 degree heat and all this humidity like come on you guys know that's bullshit. can, can like, i ask you a question can happen in the states too like can I a- we yes it can need to schedule these games in minnesota in the middle of the winter like we have places like texas and southern california and arizona and florida that these games could hypothetically be scheduled in that will be like 70 and sunny but instead we schedule them in the northern u.s why do we do that when we play these teams from south america i so i'll I'll tell you shrug my shoulders but to say that like that that to use that specific the hot weather but but that but no that's i'm not i'm
0: not using that argument that is what the argument is (laughs) And that's all we're saying
1: it's a crock of shit.
0: So, so I will, I will, I have two points. First point is from a business perspective, they're coming back from Canada travel costs in a three day span. It is a lot cheaper to book a stadium closer to the border of Canada. Second, why is there no up outrage over playoff football games less than a week ago in similar
1: conditions? And nobody says shit. Or the NHL Winter Classic that was negative negative 10 in Minneapolis, like, three weeks ago. No, no, it's different sports. I'm not here to talk about that. Like, why is no one up in arms that people get CTE from playing football? It's a different sport. My thing, so my thing yesterday was, I totally get what Pat's saying. Yes. Yeah, Berhalter fucking underestimated the weather completely. Uh, I thought I think the idea was like, okay, let's book it somewhere cold. I think there was like little to no research done about how actually cold it could be in the potential like mm-hmm. of a extreme winter storm. But the match was booked. like it, you can't do anything about it. And all the blue check marks complaining on Twitter saying, you know, they were literally, I said this in a tweet, they were manifesting a loss, all that negative energy and shit. I said I was gonna bring the vibes and I, I had to bring the vibes and turn things around for, you know, the US men's national team and, and I did. And frankly and my, the country. Yeah. Honestly. But my second point is that it became a thing of like taking energy away from like the Minnesota fans going to the game. When Minnesota fucking fully deserve that World Cup qualifier and all that shit of, like, it shouldn't be in Minnesota, it shouldn't be in Minnesota, it should be in Florida. Places that get a World Cup fucking qualifier every other year, that's just bullshit. You're just taking away, you're taking something really special away from fans who sat two hours in a fucking freezing cold stadium to cheer the, the U.S. men's national team on for 90 minutes. And you're, like, ruining a forum on social media. And that is just, you know, stupid. It, I can t- I can totally get behind that. I think you're 100 percent right there. I think Minnesota deserves one. Do so I think they deserve one in the middle of January?
0: Yeah, given you're right there for
1: climate, it might be a little wild. But. Like,
0: but to go to the degree that like the Twitter, like warriors for lack of a better term, the the Twitter warriors are going to it's literally cancel culture the U.S. men's national team for playing a game in the conditions they played it in.
1: It's We're, Twitter. What do you expect, bro? I, I, I don't no, know.
0: I I get it, but but that's that's where we are as a community, as a society right now. That's where information is freely passed. It's not on Facebook anymore. It's not on Instagram. It's not on Snapchat. It's it's Twitter. That is where you get your quick hit news for everything. That's where you're able to go express your opinions. And Was you say
1: ever really passed on Facebook on the side? <laughs> unless it's shit memes. we, did we ever Probably really not. use that? Yes. We played Farmville. Yo, yo. And you know
0: what? I was always out there farming my crops when it was a wintertime mode. Let me tell this you that. The,
1: the aquarium game was pretty good, too. I fucked around like, with that.
0: At, at the end of the I've day, like I, I haven't heard updates on the two Honduras players that were treated for hypothermia symptoms. I haven't heard any updates on that. And I would understand that you know you're not from this area you're not acclimated to it I would absolutely get checked out because it's it's a different ball game however you have 20,000 people that are going there to sit still for two hours two and a half hours three hours those guys are running around on a heated pitch and the US also put in warm weather gear for the Honduras players to wear and referee and referees so it's not like it wasn't you're gonna come here and we're gonna take every advantage we can they did everything they could to balance it out and at the end of the day those u.s players are playing on the same field that the honduras players are playing on
1: i think saying balance it out might be a little bit of a stretch too i know what you're trying to say but like but you can only do so much what do you want them to do put i'm i'm not saying all around like you know what i mean yes i'm just saying balance it out they scheduled a world cup qualifier in fucking minnesota in the middle of january yeah pat's right ultimately it was bad planning it was cold i just wish people would stop complaining about it especially last night it was like dude we won the three points like that guy just completely cucked me with the comment of two honduras players are getting treated for hypothermia i was at the game and didn't even know they got substituted i think i was like getting a beer uh and he hit me with that after the game and i was like dude like we just got three points like i hope they're i hope they get the treatment they need but like just accept some vibes and like have some fucking cheer in your life i mean yeah at the end of the day people are always going to be angry about shit um i I think
0: like if we had if we had the world cup qualifier at gillette stadium instead of in minnesota is the conversation the same
1: like uh, my only question at that point is why the fuck are we having a World Cup qualifier at Stadium? Because it
0: c- because it's a sixty-five thousand seat venue.
1: That was on the main stands, worst stadiums. So it is. I don't, they it's should, terrible. There should never be a, a, a game. It should never but, be a World Cup qualifier there.
0: Like you can move the game indoors. You can move it anywhere you want to. At the end of the day, it it was played where it was played. The conditions were the conditions. It's not like they knew a wind chill was coming through when they booked the stadium months in advance I just I just wish people weren't so quick to jump ship chastise the game I think it hurts the game as a whole with the conversation that is being established about the grounds of playing the game and that's really all I'm trying to point out with with that it's just it's frustrating to see the amount of hate yeah because we're trying to be nice about the weather which not a single fucking person in the world can control.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Uh just a couple other like quick hits on the night. Uh player wise, I thought De La Torre was fantastic last night. Um Zimmerman I, had a phenomenal Zimmerman game too. had a good game. I thought Tim Weah played pretty good honestly. He, he I know it's like his uh his just like the final touch and final finishing but he's getting he's in the right spots i think tim way is good i think it's a crime that um fucking hold oh, wow name is escaping me this is really bad <laughs> midfielder kellen acosta yes it's a crime that he's not in fucking europe he had an amazing game yeah amazing game created the first two goals he might have created the no, he might have created the third one. I have to go back. Right. Well, look. I mean, he whipped the ball in for the, the corner, and then it hit Zimmerman yeah, like the... out of Pulisic. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah like the Involved in assist. all three goals. His delivery on the night. Perfect. Impeccable. He had a great game. Running shit from the midfield.
0: Yeah. And awesome. Pulisic, really got, Pulisic
1: getting dropped and then coming in and scoring a goal right away. Love to hilarious. see that response from him because uh, he could have, you know, put his head down and – He's been struggling pretty hard recently, so to see him come in and grab that goal, uh, pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the only other player I had in mind, oh, um, not necessarily a player I had in mind, but a, kind of a move I didn't mind, everyone was talking after the Canada game about serginho Dest having, like, being our best player. I didn't see that at all. I, I saw him making things overcomplicated. I made that tweet that said, does he think he's Cafu? Uh, I didn't think he had a good game at all. I thought Buchanan, like, bodied him on a couple t- occasions, and they got in each other's face. I thought desk kind of folded under pressure. And I think was Cannon at right back last night? Yep. Can- uh, I thought was he not was the pretty side. good.
0: Cannon played very well, and he looked strong and decisive um, playing out of our, our third. Um, I think the way he controls the right side of our defensive line – is a little more solid than Dest. Dest plays a little bit more like Trent in the fact that he gets up, he's trying to be an offensive presence a little bit more than Cannon, but Cannon also has the speed to keep up and do that style of of play, but I think he's a little bit smarter when it comes to his challenges. Dest, I, I don't know if it's just product of yeah. Barcelona, product of just poor form. He just... Even, over the first two games against um, El Salvador and Canada there were a lot of times where you'd watch him try and rotate the ball and he'd be the one to give it up and he just wasn't finding the pass, he wasn't finding the dribble and he wasn't beating anybody and then he'd get caught out down the wing and I don't know I, I think Greg made some very necessary changes, I don't know if it was due to rest um, because of the, the three games in what five days, six days Yeah. Um, but I think the changes that he made improved the side exponentially uh, against the yeah. game in, in the game against Honduras
1: yeah, um, I thought Dest was good yeah. I, I, I don't see I, I'm in the Twitter agreement I thought Dest was good against Canada I just I just don't think our forwards were particularly good against Canada I think if we have dudes up front that can make use of all of the space that Dest creates by beating guys in the dribble it's a totally different game we do We just didn't break Canada down. I don't think that that's any fault of Dest. Uh, I think if you put Taylor up against Buchanan, it's pretty similar results if he starts that game against Canada too. Uh, I I don't see where people are saying, I think Dest is by far our best right back. And maybe he like hasn't, but he's been in like weird kind of spotty form, but I, I don't, I don't think that Taylor is a better right back than Dest and I think he was good on the night versus Honduras, but I think at the end of the day, it's a team we beat pretty comfortably, and I don't think he had a ton. We had 84% of the ball. He didn't really have a ton to do, so I I think it's tough to say that he exponentially improved the side when I think Dest has just as good of a game, if not better, against a side that gives us the ball for more than four-fifths of the game. Yeah, fair enough. Did, how was the atmosphere coming to the TV? Did it sound pretty good? Oh, we could hear you specifically the whole yeah. time, dude. Yeah, like as soon as we turned on the TV, I, I was like, "Oh,
0: I I heard Josh." And then we um we brought up the fact that you know you're wearing white pants after yep. Labor Day, but
1: was aren't considering... white? No, you absolutely had white pants on, dude. I there's no, no, no way. No, no.
0: Muggs... What filter did you put on those then? Mugsy lightest blues. The... <laughs>
1: Those are white pants. Hold on. I'm oh, my
0: here. goodness. So, anyway. We, absolutely- we decided no, you were No, the lighting is different. The lighting is different. It, oh, yeah. It was sunset. You know, we we, we filtered it a little bit. If you go to good. my Instagram,
1: they are the same jeans I'm wearing I'm in the picture I'm literally going to your Instagram right now. Those are white pants. No, they are the same jeans as the one in the, the picture in Madison right before it. Those are fucking white pants, dude. I swear to God. Look at the photo, on that. those are blue. Yo, the lighting is not doing you any justice. Then, because I see it, but th- those are white pants. They look white in the photo. I will say, <laughs> but they're those not white, white pants. pants. Those are not. We're white We're putting pants. that photo up. Are they? Are these white yeah, pants? Yeah, we need a we need a poll on the story. This is like the this is like the yellow blue dress thing. What color are you <laughs> <on your> pants? <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh at the end of the day the u.s got three points uh six points over the international break i wanted seven i'll take six um I- i'm happy with the results i think canada deserved to win the game that we Absolutely. they beat us in at the end of the day uh i think that they will top the Concacaf group i think we go through second um and josh was wearing white pants i'm rattled by the white pants thing those are white pants did <laughs>
0: He can't even carry on the pod. White pants.
1: Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> we we just got quit. through
0: the international break, and damn, Josh has to tap out because of his white pants.
1: White pants break. It's a they shame. Finish the episode, Josh. It's a shame. <laughs> you can go. You can go buy some darker jeans. <laughs> Muggsy, lightest blues. Give, give us an ad here. <laughs> okay. Let's get into let's get into um, Europe. Why not? Now, let's talk into some it. transfers. There was a lot of fucking crazy things yep. that happened while we were gone. Yep. Yeah. I want to get into just today's news cycle. Just before, the, we have a ton to cover with transfers. There was something funny that happened in Manchester United today. Uh, it's not funny. It is a little funny. So, Jesse Lingard's just, like, out. He's just taking days off for himself. Like, PTO. Fuck yeah. And Ralph has said, like, he needs a few days to clear his mind. And then Jesse come out came out on Twitter and contradicted Ralph in a tweet and said no the club told me to go take time off and everyone's like who's lying and everyone's like oh ralph is spitting facts and they're like oh look at the player power at united like jesse lingard's just taking like a few days off it's just comical to see like how far man united have dropped and ronaldo must be sitting there just being like what did i come back to like what am i in right now you know when we don't want to be on the podcast Lingard's just using his PTO at United.
0: Yeah, and like Ronaldo's probably sitting there like, this dude from Fiorentina just already stole my job. <laughs> I can't, I can't go back.
1: I just, it's a small story, but I thought it was pretty funny. And it like Lingard had kind of turned on me when he went to West Ham. I was like, oh, like he's kind of like getting back to like top level form, and this is like we're right back to old Jesse, just like being lings, sell, yeah. selling cologne but we'll move on to transfer stories biggest one uh Abamyang to Barcelona and Admiral Traore yeah yeah yeah, yeah Barca pace,
0: swooping pace. in to steal him from Tottenham um, the story behind Abba just taking a trip out seeing seeing what move he could he could uh, conjure up and disguising it as a family vacation not even telling Arsenal and then the deal comes out a day and a half later it's just it, it just kind of adds to that legacy that he's he's unfolded just like the, the goodbye to Arsenal fans just felt empty and I feel like it's almost a relief for the Gunners to have him gone if I had to uh, put myself in their shoes um, just not a good spot uh, in the locker room for him um, and was causing more issues than good. So um, maybe we'll have a a resurgence at Barca,
1: but I, uh, I doubt it. Did you see today that it came out that Arsenal are still paying part of his wages until the summer? Yes. That's brutal. If you look also. uh, All time cock job. Yeah. I was listening to back again the other day and troops gave out a list of all the players arsenal have sold or have bought and then sold on freeze it it is mind-boggling their net spend must be like the worst in the premier league they they buy players and literally more than half of them just go out on on freeze at at the end of their contracts and then half, half of those are captain former captains pretty much it's, it's crazy. And Aubameyang, I don't think he's going to have a career resurgence at Barcelona. I think he's kind of dusted. I just think his head is not in the space of, like, caring. I yeah. think he could give fuck all.
0: Yeah. And, I, I like, even with Adama going there, like, they have Dest at right back right now. So, is Abba playing on the right side when they kept Dembele? Is are they going to play Adama in the midfield? Like, what is the right side at Barcelona? Like, it's just there's too much there now. I right, think makes no sense.
1: I think Barcelona should sign Britt Asambologna so they can recreate Middlesbrough's Middlesbrough. front three. I was just going to say that they've got Braithwaite, they've got Triore. They shouldn't have signed a Bamiang. They should sign Asim yep. Bologna and recreate the famous Middlesbrough front three. <laughs> the oh-so-famous Middlesbrough front three. I just think it's really funny that Barcelona have gone from poaching players, like getting players like Luis Suarez to be like, I want to leave Liverpool and go play for Barcelona, from having players like Lionel Messi in their front three to poaching wantaway players that are washed up in Premier League and, and still having bad business when bringing them in and needing to make tweets about how they have successfully registered players not just signed them but successfully registered them um, it just feels like the club has really fallen from grace for me I mean I think Aubameyang is still a good player I think he was you know despite his really nice things he said about Arsenal I think he was a little want away I don't think he was enjoying the best of his career. So I think we'll maybe see a little bit of a career resurgence from him there. But at the end of the day, Barcelona just feel like a dead club, you know, falling into the Europa League. They just don't, they don't feel like a club that, you know, top players really, really want to go to anymore. Yeah, Yeah. they lost the messy factor. We kind of joked about it, but it turned out to be like a real thing that I think is going to screw them over for years to come. I mean, I think we all could see it coming. Like, Barca just feel like a club that's always been. They didn't plan for life post Messi, like Madrid planned for life post Ronaldo. Yeah, Madrid have definitely you've got had the Benzema, better who's just been a good player. You've got Vinicius Junior, who's bawling out this year. Like Real Madrid put the pieces in place to it, have a good side when are arguably you know when the player that they had that was in the debate for best player in the world left Real, but M- M- barca were just like he's not leaving fuck it barcelona and real madrid though when they're not good it's so complicated because of the politics at the club right mm-hmm. i mean the, the politics make it so hard it's funny to watch them squirm because even from like the selling point of view just like the the business end I mean, they basically put the knife to Dembele's throat and were like, you're leaving before January. Find a club. And they just couldn't get rid of him because he's staying too. I mean, ha- like how much of a failure of a club do you have to be to like, really, you're like holding this guy hostage and being like, you need to leave like right now. And it's just like, no, nope. can't sell him.
0: Instead, they're going to wait till the summer and then loan him out to a club that's not going to play him. Just like uh, United have done with Donnie Vandebeek. Yeah. It's like, it's honestly sad to see. Uh, I, I think, I think
1: Vandy Beek starts for this Everton side. You got you got screwed on that hot take, Mitch. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see.
0: Um, Deli Alley and Donnie Beek go into Everton. And uh, the day after I say Everton are getting relegated, they appoint Frank Lampard.
1: Yeah, he's Do you see the different. assistant that's coming. No, Ashley Cole, right? Ashley Cole's already signed. Yeah. Wow. So, and well, and they kept Calvert Lewin as well. They did. So we'll
0: see how that goes. Um, I just, I just, it feels bad for for DVB because it's kind of a similar role that they're trying to fill. Um, I would hope he starts.
1: Um, I think he's absolutely
0: he starting he club will. right now. Um, no, I, th- I think it's good for him to get out of United for sure. Um, he deserves it, and I hope to see him
1: um, lose some games at Everton. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. I hate that it's Everton because, like Donny and and ollie Honestly, I know Deli gets a lot of shit online. Uh, He's a player I've always kind of liked. I, I yeah. hope he has a career surgeons man, because I I do think when delhi's like, on form, he's a very exciting player in the Premier League. This is how I feel about Delhi Alli. <laughs> For the <laughs> listeners at home, I'm flipping the camera off. <laughs> we'll switch it over to the other side of Merseyside now. Um, Louis Diaz, we kind of manifested this one on the pod last week. He is officially a Liverpool player, and and what a signing he is. I, I want to hear Mitchell's thoughts on this.
0: I am unbelievably excited for this. Um, I think he checks a lot of our boxes that we've kind of been talking about over the course of the season, especially in our midfield. Um, Typically plays out on the left, but he is very creative. Um, And I I think he's going to fit into our midfield flawlessly, especially with uh, his little little, uh, creativity sauce that he likes to display. Um, very fast-paced player um, looks to move the ball upfield and uh, pull defenders out he's essentially like a little Bobby Firmino but a a midfielder um, I think he'll actually play on
1: the left wing I think he's going to take Mane's position you think so yeah I do Uh, I mean that's where he plays for Colombia and he does play forward yeah so
0: We'll um we'll see how we'll see how he transitions in obviously the Liverpool curse of you know taking a year to to get your feet underneath you and then getting injured and then you'll debut really two and a half years after you sign um I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he comes right in and is able to get some minutes and make an impact uh because he's playing extremely well right now um especially for the Colombian side um, so i'm I'm really really excited to see Louis Diaz um and then in in other news i know you you were able to uh go out on on reels and and you know really lay it on thick uh with liverpool getting their guy but uh no i'm i'm excited for for diaz to come in and and add some competition to uh to the midfield uh or or the forward position um and then uh i'm not totally gutted about the cavallo deal Not going through. Um, So some news
1: has came through in the last hour, if you haven't seen. The last hour? No, I've been uh, here. So Melissa Reddy, uh, a couple other verified journalists have Mm -hmm. uh, also saw, I believe, fuck, I forget the name, Neil Jones or David Lynch, um, have tweeted something that a pre-agreement has been agreed upon for the same fee as talked about last week. um, And after another medical, he will be announced as a Liverpool player for a pre-agreement for the summer kind of like Nabby. Yep, exactly. And he's another really exciting one. I mean, 18, 19 years old, uh, Portuguese, I think he'll fit right into, he's kind of like the, the Harvey Elliott mold. The last guy we, you know, got from Fulham worked out pretty good. Uh, and I think he just adds that new level of, uh, youth and depth. Uh, I'm really excited for it. I, not necessarily one that we really needed, I think Diaz was more of that guy as like Monet's kind of slowed down a little bit this year. But Carvalho is definitely one that's gonna come in and learn and uh, I think next year you'll, you know, probably play fifteen, twenty games or so and hopefully make some a uh, pretty big impact.
0: Yeah, I definitely I definitely see him being a huge asset to us when it comes um off off cup time when we're playing in the soda cup and the FA Cup, stuff like that. Um but he's a lifelong Liverpool supporter. Reminds me a lot of a, a young Coutinho and the very shifty uh, shifty on the ball, drop a shoulder, t- tuck inside, and then try and rip a shot from, from the top of the box. Um, he's, uh, he's shifty and, and he shows a lot of promise for his age. So, uh, no, shout out, shout out Steve, resident Fulham fan. Uh, we'll we'll gladly take him off your hands.
1: <laughs> we had a we had a good transfer window. I think Nat Phillips went out to loan on Bournemouth. Um, yep. Nico Williams went on loan to Fulham. So, a yep. few players out on loan, no significant sales. I think And we'll I think do... those
0: are two players that will really really benefit from a loan deal right now, just getting regular minutes and helping further improve them. I'll be um, honest,
1: I think Nat deserved a Premier League move.
0: I I do too. Um but He's gonna go and and be the guy. The cherries.
1: At
0: He's going. Is uh, is Wilson still there? Harry Wilson
1: is at Fulham.
0: Harry so, Wilson at Fulham. Yep. So w- what are we doing? Are we just is is Fulham the new Liverpool Academy? No, I
1: think. Um... Well, I don't know why I just like completely blanked our new academy is not in um, not in England it's not Leipzig I don't know why I'm blanking on that completely unfortunate I anyway, have no idea in I, other news I had you guys a, had a great window you uh, made a lot of good signings you didn't have any major exits no Know who had some fucking major exits? Austin Farwell, Tottenham. Um, he
0: might need some extra fan therapy. Honestly,
1: I mean, they signed Bentancor and Kolevski, so fair. But losing Lo Celso and Dombalé back to the club you bought him from, Gil and Deli Alley in one window. It's tough. An off window too. I mean, the guys didn't want to be there. I feel like at the end of the day, Ndombele had felt want away, but... And having a,
0: a, a shift at the at the managerial um, helm, I think that plays a lot into it too. Like, he's going to want something completely different than what's been established there. Yeah, I the think Bentacor fits
1: the Conte mold a little bit more yes. than guys like Ndombele or lacelso, Celso. But uh,
0: obviously gutting for... For the, the Spurs fans who have supported these guys for years,
1: I don't know if it's actually gutting. I mean, LaCelso was all right. And Domboy felt like he never really lived up to his potential. Uh, Eli Ali, I think, is. Ali, yeah, Ali probably feels a little painful to see leave just because, you know, he's been with the club is literally his entire life. It feels like he's fucking 40 and he's like 25. Seven senior years. Yeah, it, it feels like he's ancient and he's been there just since he was 18 so i mean but at the same time i think they're bringing in two guys like i mentioned who kind of fit the conte mold a little bit better who are gonna Mm -hmm. you know put in those shifts that antonio conte is expecting out of his central midfielders so i don't think it's terrible um and uh mbappe has made a decision fellas apparently he has pledged his future to real madrid we knew boss. it was coming.
0: Go get him! I don't think we're surprised. Um, I... The thing that sucks for me is, like, we don't have Real Madrid versus Barcelona anymore. It's not, like, that same heavy-hitting feel. And I feel like it would hold more water if he was going there and there was still that do-or-die competition between the clubs. But it just doesn't feel like it anymore. And Real Madrid are, are uh, without him are already proving themselves worthy of winning titles for years to come um, so I don't know it it's it's a move of a of a top what five player in the league six player in the league going to a club of his choice um, going to do what he wants to do and he's gonna chase the bag and go to a club that can afford him they want to drop all their money on him so be it um but it just it I feel like the weight of the competition is taken out of it a little bit more um especially over the last couple of years and that's that's really all my my opinion on it I I just think La Liga has has kind of dwindled in it's in it's like power um and the Premier League has definitely gotten a big boost having Cristiano Ronaldo come back um and, and rumors of Holland coming to City in the summer. Uh I just feel like the Premier League would be a place for somebody like Mbappe to come in and really solidify himself as one of the best forwards to do it. If he's this popular, if if he's this good come to the best place and do it and that's really kind of how I feel about it
1: yeah he should have should have came to Liverpool it was a soft move going to Real Madrid now we'll never know if he could do it on a cold Tuesday night in Stokes so. now now you know he's gonna walk alone yeah um for the viewers that can't see me uh they're listening in at home I'm flipping the camera off again
0: Josh when you're editing this we need a bird counter we need a middle finger bird counter that's
1: how, I could probably do that yeah. I think it's a good move for Mbappe. I don't think it matters if he comes to the Premier League if he goes to Madrid wins a bunch of titles in a champions league or two.
0: Yeah. I think it's the same conversation we had with uh about Dusan Vlahovic last week. It's it's he's going laterally to Juventus, um, just going to the powerhouse of the league he was already in. I think he's just moving from one powerhouse to the other, and uh I, I don't think it's gonna take the weight out of his achievements I just feel like the competition, the overall, like like Messi and Ronaldo were doing it at the same time against each other, and there isn't really that club, there's no real prolific player that can match up to that and give us that, like, edge of your seat match week hey, in and week out.
1: You put some respect on Martin Braithwaite's name, all right? <laughs> uh,
0: maybe I will. Maybe it's going to be Adama Traore. Maybe he'll be able to fucking find the back of a net.
1: Listen, I'm just fucking angry about Adama Traore getting a move anywhere because Barcelona fans are out there on fucking Twitter calling aguero overrated and tweeting the fucking triore goals that he has against city and i want to fucking scream dude if 433 or any soccer account posts one more thing about triore i'm going to scream God, they're acting they're acting like he is mbappe fucking goals and they're all against city yeah it's
0: crazy yeah. man Say goodbye to uh, the Rakuten sponsorship. Uh, it's going to be Johnson's Baby Oil from now on.
1: <laughs> we might have to pull the mainstand podcast off Spotify. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, we'll uh, play the Neil Young card on them. <laughs> 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 they're getting, they're, well, no, Spotify is the new shirt sponsor of Barcelona, like a $300 million deal, and I think we might have to boycott them as a podcast. So.
0: Are they going to allow us to even publish
1: where you're barred from entry? i don't know it, that's the thing it's like i'm gonna kneel young i'm and say hey it's us or barcelona, barcelona and they're gonna have to pick i think we make them far too much money for them to not pick us it's it's
0: it's a clear choice honestly right
1: um is that all the transfer news really the world of transfers uh, this episode kind of feels like fucking just we're just shooting the shit today honestly it's this, we are
0: like, I mean, this is what happens when you have international break and AFCON and like three weeks without actual club football.
1: Yeah, no club football is a little tough, but there's still some fun stuff to be had. Uh, for sure. April, AFCON final. Who you guys got? Oh, Senegal. After,
0: after today's match, I think I have to go with Senegal. Egypt, Egypt looked ragged, man. They played 100 and Egypt looked so dead. Today, They've they uh,
1: gone to penalties like three games in a row. Nil-nil
0: <laughs> all the way through 120 minutes of football. And uh, Egypt's keeper stood on his head. Saved two out of three pens and put him on to the finals. Um, I just think Senegal, they'll have the rest. They have... Um, been netting a few more goals than egypt have and i think they just look a little bit more well-oiled cameroon definitely put the uh the piss to egypt today i think cameroon definitely deserved to win that in regular time um sala was pretty non-existent um uh, Muhammad put a fucking beautiful ball in. There were three Egypt shirts within the six. It split all three of them. It was just, it was like it was like a it was like a typical Trent cross into the box and like f- jump ball. Three white shirts, mm-hmm. one green shirt, and the keeper, and nobody could get it. Knotted on on net. Um, and after that, I was just like, I honestly thought Cameroon was going to go right to penalties and just waste Egypt. I like, I had no faith in them after watching them for 120 minutes.
1: You see that Abubakar's comments before the game on Salah? Yeah,
0: Abubakar, he took the first penalty, and I was saying some very mean things in my head. It's just disrespectful. I Like, I get it's Afcon, I get it's like do or die. You're 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 going out and fighting for your country to win a trophy, but to disrespect the best player in football right now, like he did. And then yes, Sala didn't show up today, but Egypt's on, uh, but they'll also be playing in the final without a manager. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, I, I cannot pronounce his name. He, uh, he got a red card for descent uh the the calls were a little funky uh toward the end i think everybody was just tired but there was nothing in it for him to be doing what he was doing um i think it just put egypt in a very vulnerable position trying to go into the finals and um they have a they have what a week to work on it and figure things out but it
1: uh is the isn't the final saturday Is it Saturday? I thought it was, like, really soon. I could be wrong. I thought it was next Saturday. It is Sunday, February 6th. Oh, shit. We got
0: three days. Never
1: fucking mind. Yeah, Senegal, Senegal, I think, is... Senegal are just the deeper team, in my opinion. I think they just have more talent. Uh, The money line, too. You can bet Senegal money line, plus 125. Egypt was, like, plus 300. So, Senegal is, like, quite favored in this game. Uh... I think it has good value too, so. Besides that, it's an FA Cup weekend, guys. Love yeah, it. still don't get league football, but yeah, uh... I know. We get some games, though. Start off Liverpool-Cardiff. I think this one will be easy for Liverpool. I think... Harvey Elliott set to make his return. I yes. am so fucking excited. Yeah, we'll see some, some definite squad rotation. I think everyone's going to be rested... I have Liverpool minus two point five. I think they're gonna wallop Cardiff, and that's plus one ten. We're gonna see Can't wait for you guys to lose like you always do in the domestic cups. Oh, hey, we're in a final, sir. Um, oh, sir, the Dota Cup. Wembley, Wembley, Wembley. It's been well, we four years in a row. Yeah, try again. Well, now it's the, the tre- cup is important because we're in the final, so it means yeah, something. Yeah, ex- exactly.
0: It's a <laughs> the, uh, the treble is within reach um, <laughs> for the boys in red. The quadruple I, uh,
1: is still in reach.
0: The quadruple is still in reach. You have a point, sir. Uh, but I I see Liverpool putting out pretty much our COVID side. Um, we're gonna see Simikas We're gonna see Kelleher. We're gonna see Kanate I would imagine.
1: Maybe we'll see Joey D- G-, G. I would.
0: I would. I would actually really enjoy to see Joe Gomez get a run of games. I think. I think he's just kind of sitting here
1: right now. Um, Put Joe out on the right because uh, we don't have a right back anymore besides Trent.
0: True. True. Nico is gone. I was about
1: Um, to try to take the piss about Cardiff being in really good form and could give Liverpool a run for their money but they're in 20th place yeah no they're gonna get shit stopped by our 12 year olds I mean it's barely over 100 odds like it's only plus 110 for Liverpool to win by 3 oh wait no hang on hang on manchester city loney tommy doyle is oh, about man. to rip you guys okay off. okay tommy okay
0: doyle. i'm so sick of you tommy Going doyle sounds bag. like a character
1: in home alone hey tommy doyle good. i rate i think tommy Doyle's a good player i don't think he's got a place in the man city first team in the long run but i think he's a good player staying in merseyside everton brentford uh, hard to pick a winner in this one, in my opinion, but I do think there's goals. Everton, obviously, with a few new signings. Brentford, we didn't even talk about this. Christian Erickson. Uh, yeah. I think this one's going to have goals in it. I have over 2.5, uh, plus Uh, 100. Very good odds.
0: I dig it. I'm taking Brentford in this matchup, honestly, though. Yeah? I think with all the, the new additions... There's definitely going to be some kinks to iron out. It's not like Frank Lampard found all of his success at Chelsea um, as a manager. Uh, let me <laughs> let me just let me just put that there. Yeah, Frank uh, Lampard
1: didn't win shit at Chelsea. Yeah, back. no, he was, was dog hurt.
0: shit. Don't rate him whatsoever. No, I uh, I just I, I think where he left off and what he's coming into is a huge huge ask. And yes, he went out and got a couple of new new faces. Um, but I, I do think there are going to be some growing pains still. And I, I expect to see Brentford capitalize on that.
1: Yep. Yeah. Are you excited for when Liverpool gets Everton in the derby? The, the Frank I'm Lampard so chance? Fucking. Pumped. We'll beat you at home. We'll beat you away. I love we that get chant. To, and you it's again for Everton. Lampard's going to fucking cuss out Jurgen Klopp again. That's, that's his biggest accomplishment on his CV. So, probably. Anyway. Uh, okay. that, yeah, that, no. That video made me really happy. <laughs> it was really funny. Nottingham, Leicester. This is an interesting one, I guess. I don't know how. The Leicester money line is on, only plus 105. Plus are playing really well this year, aren't they? They're top of the championship, they, no? They're, and they're they knocked good. out Arsenal. They're top of the championship? Yeah. Are they? Am yeah. I tripping? Or are, am, I think it might be tripping. I think you no, are. Eight, eight. my bad. I'm sorry. I, I was Top thinking of the league. I was thinking the other team with red. Sorry, sorry. No, go you're on. good. You're good. No,
0: nah, but they 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 have been putting up uh, inspiring performances. Do I think they're going to go out and get a, a result again against a uh, arrested Leicester? I don't believe they will. But they are the team that has effectively knocked Arsenal on their ass. For the
1: rest of the year, so yeah, that's true. Nottingham beat him and then they fucking fell apart. That's true. Leicester are the defending FA Cup champions, so I'll ride with them. Tottenham and Brighton's the next one. Uh, Tottenham, I think, just lost so much. I think I feel like they don't have anything like to really look forward to in the second half of the season. So I have Brighton plus uh, plus a half, so uh, basically a draw or a win for Brighton, um, and that's minus one ten. That's actually a favored result, which is kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Brighton. i i want to ag- I want to agree with you, Josh. But at the same time, the FA Cup feels like all Tottenham have to fucking play for. That's true, and I'm pretty sure Tottenham and Brighton played not that long ago, and I took Brighton, and I think Tottenham won like easily. I guess we'll see. The losses will probably play a part. Uh, who knows? I don't know. Conte feels like a good cup manager, so. That's true. This one, I feel like, can go really either way, Brayden. I mean, this is literally the only trophy both of these teams really have to play for this year, so. Yeah. And that's basically all the significant cup matches this weekend. Uh, One game in Spain to look forward to, Barcelona versus Atletico. Um, They're on very similar form. Obviously, both teams are rested. I have the Atleti draw no bet, plus 120, which I think is great. Um, odds, even if this one ends up as a draw, you get your money back, and I think Atletico probably have the better chance of winning. Uh, but... Yeah, I think Atletico probably be the walk away with three points from this one. I just think Barca suck. Barca, I don't think they're gonna get their new players involved quite yet either. So, uh... yeah, Adma Traoré will really make a big difference against that deep block. <laughs> Very good. He loves space on the ball, doesn't he? And then the two German games, uh, Dortmund-Leverkusen. That's probably a, a pretty good game. I have both teams to score um, and no draw. So one team has to win and both teams have to score, and that's minus yep. 115. Dortmund-Leverkusen just screams goals. So it's kind of a yeah, like I'll that. ride with that. Yep, I'm with it. Florian Wirtz, definitely one to, to watch out for. Uh, and Bayern-Leipzig, that, that's the big one i have over 3.5 uh minus 105 so pretty good odds on that and Bayern, well rested uh hard to see them not bagging a few and i think the last time they played it was like four to one so yeah and i think that leipzig aren't doing the best no. this year they're in sixth place they're so like all right but i yeah i just think that Bayern are gonna murder them yeah it's pretty straightforward honestly sad the bundesliga shakes out that way most weeks but it is what i mean is. there is there, there's, there's only six points at the top it's the if you guys win your games in hand the bundesliga and the premier league look exactly the same no that's true but it's i don't know when you're betting on the bundesliga every single week it's Bayern minus 300 to win like it's just like it's not even fun to look at the odds premier league at least it's a little bit closer every week yeah it's fair that's very very fair but so... that that wraps up. So, oh, go ahead, Mitch. Uh,
0: I I have a forecast for you. Oh no.
1: Yeah, cloudy with a chance of eighth place. You fuck. <laughs>
0: so so this week, after losing our Wonder Boy, the clouds have settled over the Violas. Uh, however, this weekend. Fiorentina will be matching up against Lazio. They are tied for seventh right now. Fiorentina has a game in hand, by the way. and they are unbeaten at home in their last seven, winning six of them.
1: Now was the Vlahovic score in those six?
0: He only had a brace in one of them.
1: That's it. That is it. All right. No way in hell they're beating Lazio. Lazio is going to outrun their midfield like insane. So
0: so I do think Lazio are going to come out swinging. And Lazio have won six of their last eight league matchups with Fiorentina. However, with the game in hand, and I think a lot of eyes on Fiorentina with Vlahovic out, there's going to be some competition within the squad to be the next man up. They are going to want to go out and prove that they don't need one player to be successful. I have Fiorentina drawing Lazio in this match 2-2. Nope,
1: they're losing. I think Shut they're going to lose mouth. too. I don't want to do. drag on about irrelevant things. but <laughs> ah,
0: dude, it's, it's not irrelevant. We're no, sitting to for 7th.
1: no, 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 no. No, I'm not saying what you said. I'm saying I, I'll make this point short. Uh just on the topic of Lazio isn't yeah. it insane to see the career Lucas Leva has had that he's just like starting still week in week out for like a, a top <laughs> Italian team. What's well, he 53? He he's probably older than Tom Brady at least. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, but I I think uh Lazio will beat Fiorentina. Their midfield's pretty good.
0: Yes, they uh they do have a very solid uh midfield and uh Immobile uh, so they too. they do have they do
1: have a striker so God, he is <laughs> old he's 35 who Lavia yeah he- he's mean, only 35 he was- I thought he would have been older too I thought he was like 38 Yo, you guys want to watch his skills passes and tackles with me after this uh after we get off this episode <laughs> we might have to tuck into that like
0: there might be some spicy shit in there
1: it's eight minutes and 26 seconds and he's exactly 20 year career <laughs> Point
0: proven. But I that think that wraps it up for the Fiorentina forecast. It's it's cloudy, but uh, we're still hoping for a sunny day here shortly.
1: Cloudy with a chance of eighth place. Nah. <laughs> I think that Top wraps six. up the podcast for this week. Do you guys have anything else? Nah.
0: I don't think so. Uh, up the Reds. It wasn't that cold. The men's national team are going to the World Cup. And Man City are signing Holland this summer. And one more crazy thing: um, Fiorentina are gonna just win the Serie because you guys are being dicks.
1: Oh, Ivan Tony, <laughs> fuck Brentford! Yo, oh <laughs> yeah, <what?
0: laughs> oh my god, we a had a guy. week. We had a week, and the, the, like. Obviously, it just there's just a tough
1: week. Things that happen on boats in Dubai. What, what can I say? <laughs> God, I love it here. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast, like, and share it with your friends. Uh, that's all I have, guys. Uh, when when can we expect the vlog? The vlog is coming this weekend. It'll be out this weekend. Hell Sounds yeah, right. Good. Love to hear it. Like the thing, share the thing.
0: We will see you next week. Deuces. Thanks for tuning in the main stand. Bye.